Sentai Brothers, this is episode 5 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiko Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Pretty well, man. Just enjoying a cup of coffee on this nice lovely sense. Saturday morning. You're sounding better. I, I am feeling much better, which is thrilling, I'm sure, to both me and everyone listening. Yeah, so Matt, can I just say, have you noticed, I noticed a distinct change in like the tenor of our show when we record on a Saturday morning? Like, this is a very different show on Saturday morning in my jammies with a cup of coffee than it is on like a Thursday night in like my jeans with a beer. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, I think there are three main versions of this show. There's Thursday night, um, like, you know, hanging out in the evening, drinking a beer. Uh, there is Saturday morning, still wearing my robe and having just finished a mug of tea. Uh, Thank and- you for that Christmas robe, by the way. I'm also wearing it, and I love it. I did not know I was a robe guy till you got me one. Turns out I am. Definitely. Dude, I, I think there's a lot of secret robe guys out there that do not know that that is a part of their life that they need. Um, and I'm happy to have helped you find that out yeah, about yourself. You. Uh, the, the third version of the show is similar to the Thursday night version. It is the Sunday night version. But the Sunday night version is always like slightly more panicked because we know we don't have <laughs> right. any sort of buffer. Like We need to do it and we need to do it now. <laughs> uh yeah so this is the this is the very chill version yeah. so i would recommend this is uh you know i would listen to this one like on your way to work this is a very this is like a morning time drive this is a very chill chill version of the show yeah uh man dude speaking of morning time drives i'm like back to having a morning commute because i'm back from vacation this is my, that was we just finished my first full week back from yeah, vacation. yeah, yeah, me too. And man, I will tell you what, like, I had a, I had a moment, I kid you not, Tuesday night, I was going to bed, and I had a thought for just a second that was like, oh man, I'm so glad I don't have to go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh wait, no, I definitely do, I 100% do, for three days. But today is good. Today is nice. Anyway, Dave, uh, speaking of today being both good and nice, um, one of the things that's going to contribute to that is talking about episode 5 of Gekiko Sentai Car Ranger. It is called Up Ahead, Gekiso Fusion. Did I say Gekiko earlier? It doesn't matter. I don't care. Like I said, chill Saturday morning vibes. (laughs) Up Ahead, Gekiso Fusion. Uh, But before we get into that, Dave, of course, as shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What? is our first star of the week. First star of the week, Matt, is my mother-in-law is visiting. Now, yeah. Now, if you watch a lot of sitcoms, you might think that this is about to be a black hole. Let me assure you, it is not. My mother-in-law is fantastic. She's a saint. She is is visiting from Spokane. Flew cross-country. Just to come and hang out for like a week and a half, like two and a half weeks or something, just to help oh, wow. out with the twins. Yeah. So she's downstairs with the twins, and I'm up here recording this show. It's great. Everybody's having a great time. Twins love her. She loves the twins. Now, actually, as it happens, uh, my wife is out of town this weekend, uh, and so it's just, we're just hanging out. And <laughs> we were a little like... Are you sure? Like you don't like it's you're gonna be okay, you don't mind. Like I have a couple of things I gotta do, like this podcast, for example. And she <laughs> bless it, she got like Loki. I think she got like Loki offended because she had five kids and she uh-huh. also did uh foster parenting when my wife was like younger. I don't know if you knew that. And she was like, guys, I raised five children. Like I was a foster parent. 
I'll be fine. And we had to like backpedal a little bit. We we're like, oh, no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with like our concerns about your capacity to do this. It is just like, you know, there are a lot sometimes. So like, listen, if you're cool, if you're cool, we're cool. Like you can hang out all day. Like I will go like find some place to have a beer. Like I'm fine. Please don't think that yeah. I don't think you can do this. Uh, oh, yeah, that so that's nice. really, it is, it's, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, it's great. So that's really my first five star. Thanks, Margaret. She doesn't listen to the show. Thanks, Margaret, for listening, uh, for listening, for watching, watching the kids. And actually, all of you out there, you can also thank Margaret, because otherwise, I don't know when this show would have <laughs> happened this week. So, so there you go. What, Matt, is our second star of the week? Man, Dave, speaking of things that can be a handful sometimes, I'm playing Breath of the Wild again. Okay, a little bit different, but sure, sure, slightly sure, different, sure. slightly different. But you got to take yeah, your yeah, transitions yeah. when you can. Um, so I like as soon as I beat Breath of the Wild the first time, I was like, I want to play Breath of the Wild again. But I decided that I needed to let those fields lie fallow for a while. I think that was a very wise decision. I actually haven't played Breath of the Wild yet. Uh, I when it came out, I was still on my hundred percent no video games sabbatical uh-huh. which is about a year and a half uh it was really good i'm kind of dipping my toe back in a little bit but i'm trying to really minimize it well if you're trying to minimize it uh breath of the wild is not the game for you because it is an extraordinarily good game but it's also the sort of game that can really suck you in mm, okay good to know well maybe um, in the summer yeah I, mean, th- I think it's a great summertime game for you um, anyway, so I'm playing it again now. I decided that I wanted to wait until 2019 before I restarted. But now that I'm playing it again, I've already gotten all the DLC for it. Uh-huh. And part of the DLC, cause, and now it's great because I have all of that stuff like as I begin the game, it's already in the game, you know? That's always, dude, I am becoming more and more of an advocate. I think I mentioned this on the show before. Like when a big game comes out, particularly a game like that, or like a Bethesda game. Like Bethesda, this is almost always true. Just like wait for a year. Just wait. Like wait for a year. Wait for the DLC to come out. Because it's going to come out. And the game is going to be so much cooler if exactly like you say. Like you can kind of have this like larger thing. There's going to be like patches and fixes and blah, blah, blah. Like just wait. Just wait for a year. Yeah. So um, the DLC is out. And part of the DLC is a version of the game called the Master Quest. Or Master Mode, rather. Um, And Master Mode is this. It's just Breath of the Wild, but it's a lot harder. But, like, it's not harder in a way that is unfair, right? Like, part of the way that the game works is that all of your weapons are, like, fragile to a certain extent. Like, like they will break after extended use. Um, And in Master Mode, they just break, like, I'm not going to say immediately... But, like, almost immediately. Like, you can get in a few good hits on a rusty sword before it snaps in half. And, like, which that's makes basically sense Because it. it's a terrible rusty sword. So it's stuff like that. Like, the weapons break more quickly. The enemies are, like, you know, tougher. The enemy's health regenerates if you don't beat them quickly enough. Oh, the, nice. A, now, what's the... How does the Master Sword interact with that? Like, when you finally get the Master Sword, is it like, all right, you're good? Oh, good question. The Master Sword works like this. Um, the Master Sword itself never breaks. However, when you first get the Master Sword, it's not all the way powered up. Um, okay. Like, you unlock the sword, but um, it can still run out of energy. And what that means is, like, it doesn't break, quote-unquote, but it will hit a point where it needs to, like, recharge and you can't have it equipped for a while. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, and then you can go on a series of quests to, like... And I think this was part of the DLC, actually. You can go on a series of quests to level up the Master Sword. Yeah, where, of course. And, yeah, like, like by, the time, the point, right? by the time you get it, like, fully leveled up, I think you can just use it all the time and it never breaks. Um. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. And it's very interesting because, you know, I beat this game. I know where most of this stuff is. I have solved the puzzles. I know how to do, like, the combat but going back into the game in this different format 
is almost a completely different experience because you're so like so 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 weak that you just oh, have to like completely like it's not new game plus it's new game minus like it's new game plus for the monsters but you go back to square one yeah no i remember well when uh fallout 4 eventually came out with survival mode which was very like you had to eat all the time and you had to drink all the time and you had to sleep and like rats were super dangerous and like all of those sorts of things and it is it's like it's a completely different game. And actually Fallout 76 is very much like that. Like yeah, yeah. because of because of the sort of like persistent nature of the world, like you cannot play I am discovering. You cannot play Fallout 76 in the same way that you're playing Fallout. Like I played Fallout 4, for example. It's like I'm putting a bunch of perks into endurance because it's like, "Oh, oh dang. I need to eat like all the time. I need to do something about that. Like I'm taking rad damage all the time. I should probably do something about that." It's not just about, like, maximizing your damage output or whatever. Um, no, that's super cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, like, if you, the listener, played uh, Breath of the Wild but haven't played it in a while, uh, let me tell you, that master mode really does give the game, like, a nice refresh. Uh, nice. Comes highly recommended. So, Dave, what is our third star of the week? Matt, third star of the week, my dishwasher is fixed. Oh, my dishwasher nice. is fixed. It's been broken for like a month and a half or something. And uh, oh, so what, a, what a heartbreak to not have a dishwasher in your place working. I wonder what that listen, could possibly dude. be like. Yeah, listen, I also have lived in a place without a dishwasher, but there are. I have two. I babies. I have babies. All right. Um, and there's four of us. Oh my gosh, the dishwasher is broken for like a month and a half, two months. Something like that. I forget exactly. And also my dryer was busted. Uh-huh. Briefly. Um, but I called my home warranty people, American Home Shield. Highly recommend them if you are a person who, like, owns a house. Or I think they actually do renter stuff also. It's like 40 bucks a month. Dave, if they're right. not paying us for this ad spot, I need you to move on with this star. Okay. I Listen. No. This is... This is just... Get in gear, man. I'm just... Like, this is such a good idea. I just want everybody to know, this is like a PSA, all right? This is to make your life better. It's it's so worth the money. Like, you know what, they you just, you just pay them day? whatever, and, uh, and they, they just come on and fix everything. For this advertising everything. spot. For this, that, yeah, they don't pay you for this advertising spot. But, like, American Home Shield, highly recommended. Anyways, uh, they fix my stuff. And, like, I, this is ridiculous. I had forgotten, if this makes sense how much time it was taking me to do all the dishes every day, like Beth and I. Uh-huh. And we just, like, put them in the dishwasher, and now, like, the whole rest of the house is dramatically cleaner because the dishwasher is is back now. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely like, makes sense. Like, I was doing so many dishes. So many. You wouldn't believe how many dishes I was doing. I was doing so many. I mean, you probably just take the amount of dishes that you have and, like, multiply it by four. All right? Yeah. Um... And now I have the dishwasher again, and I was just... that. None of this is a joke. This is just me being, like, grateful that my stuff works again. Um, here's the insane part. I was thinking about what life was like, like, before the advent of labor-saving devices. Uh-huh. Where, like, you didn't have a washing machine. Like, you just had to sit there... And wash your clothes. I, yeah, that sounds very bad. It sounds sounds. very, very bad. It also does make a lot more sense to me why you all of a sudden would own, where you're like, no, no, no. I don't have ten shirts. I have two shirts. And I wear one of them all week. And then I wear the other one on, like, Sunday or something. And that's what I wear because, like, F me if I'm going to wash all those clothes. I mean, like, the other option, wash, of course, is that you have 100 shirts. Yeah, or you, right, do not or have you to have constantly be washing. Yeah, that would also work. But, like, holy cats, if I had to wash all the clothes I own by hand, I would set fire to them. I would put them in a pile. I would set fire to them, and I would wear one shirt all day, every day. Uh, I, uh, so, anyways, yeah, I, I remember the the summer that I was backpacking around Europe. I did not like have access to a washing machine. Yeah. 
So I had a bar of laundry soap. It's like this blue bar of laundry soap that just looks huh. like, you know, like a bar of yeah, you know, no, bath bar soap, soap, but right, it is yeah. made out of laundry soap. And I would, like, at the end of the day, when I was going to sleep at a hostel, like, wash my shirt out using this soap and just leave it to hang in, like, the hostel bathroom overnight and then hope it was dry by the morning. Yeah, I think that's the... pretty wild. That, no, I think that's the other version. Like, that's what you do. You have, like, a shirt or two shirts and you just, like, wa- you wear it and then you wash it and then you let it dry overnight and then you just wear it again. Like... Yeah, at Buckwild. Um, anyways, Matt, what's... <laughs> I love my washing machine. Matt, what's our fourth star of the week? Uh, fourth star of the week... Um, man, I'm trying to think if there's a good way to transition to this. I saw Mary Poppins a couple of weeks ago. And I didn't, oh, nice. And I, I've heard I, it's really good. It's really, really good. It. I don't know the best way to say this. I am still thinking about Mary Poppins every day. I saw it like three weeks ago. Like for like this movie has stuck with me in a way that other movies, even movies that I really love, even maybe movies that I liked more than this one, like do not stick with me. Huh. Um. What? Okay. I mean, like I said, I've heard it's very good, but that's a pretty like, that's a pretty intense statement. I like, I cannot think of it. And, I guess full disclosure, I have not seen Sp- Into the Spider Verse yet, but um, I have I cannot think of a time in recent memory that like going to the movies has buoyed my spirit in the way that going to see Mary Poppins did. Wow, it's, dang it, man, it's really right. it's really nice. Is the thing? It's an extremely nice movie. God, isn't um, it great when things are nice? Yeah, and so many things are not nice. That just, I mean, even if it wasn't a great boy, movie. man, boy howdy. Just, 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 just so many things. Just spending like two hours watching something, like spending time in a place that is nice, is very refreshing. Also, oh, like, the songs and dances are very good. And the story is, I, I don't want to, like, I mean, it's a Mary Poppins movie. It's not like, there aren't twists and turns, really. Uh, there's, you know, there's not like an M. Night Shyamalan moment at the end where you're like, oh my gosh, what a wild twist. Like, it's a, it's a kid's movie. It's a Mary Poppins movie. If you saw Mary Poppins, you probably know roughly what to expect out of this movie. But it was, like, the way that it works is it's not a remake, it is a sequel. Right, yeah, I remember so, being like the, I assumed yeah. that it was, like, so, a whatever, and it is not, in fact. Yeah, so, like, the Banks children are sort of grown up and now adults. Right. Um, and it's sort of like them and also like the Banks sons, now his children are children, and Mary Pop well, Mary Poppins returns, that is the name of the movie. Yeah, right. No, that's it's right in there. Um Yeah. It's extremely heartwarming. It like it the way that it balances genuinely being a kid's movie, but also like letting things be like slightly too like grown up and slightly too dangerous for the children in the movie while at the same time never making anyone who's watching the movie actually worried oh dude that's like mary poppins's whole thing yeah like that like weird balance that mary poppins hits like that thing is so good in this movie Oh, nice man. Yeah, I would love to see. I will see it at some point. I just uh I don't see movies. Yeah. Anymore? Yeah, I know. So, you know, that's a cool thing about my life now. Well, maybe maybe while your mother-in-law's in town. No, oh, there you go. Maybe so. Yeah. Uh Anyway, Mary Poppins rules. Dave, what is our fifth star of the week? You know what else rules, Matt? Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's so good. Okay. So, um Beth and I because we're a married couple. We uh we like each other a lot. Like we like to hang out. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh that's like a key that's like a key element of being married. That's like a piece of marriage. We've been married for almost 10 years now. It's a really good piece of advice. Like to hang out with the person you're married to. Yeah, I mean, I can dig that. Yeah. So, um but it's just like, you know, like with the twins, like it's hard to it's just hard, you know what I mean? Like, this is a this is like a known phenomenon. Like, I'm not saying anything crazy. This is like a known phenomenon. They're like, you have little kids. You really have to, like, you have to, uh, like, plan on doing things together in, like, a more intense way than, 
than you did. Right. You can't just be like, oh, right, we're both in the house at the same time. That's spending time together. Right. Yeah, it definitely is not. So anyways, oh, man, there was a much better intro to this, which I should have said is like, my my wife and I are getting into a little role playing, by which I mean Dungeons and Dragons. So you can pretend that I said that at first, uh, because I think that's funnier. Anyways, so what we're going to do is I'm just going to run Dungeons and Dragons just for Beth, which seems a little weird. Normally, of course, you have like a party of people Mm -hmm. that you're playing Dungeons and Dragons with. The game isn't really scaled for one person, but... But in this new, in the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, where you're on the, on the thing, uh-huh. by the thing, I mean the citywide planet that is Ravnica, um, or planet-wide city. discussed earlier yeah. in a different episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but you're part of a guild, right? So, like, as you are, like, gaining renown and stature in your guild, you are getting the ability to call on, like, other guild members to, like, come with you and do things. Like, oh, oh hey, no. I like it's part of the game. Like, oh, I'm going to go do this mission for the guild. Like, you know, you you 24 dudes are like, you're on my team. So, like, let's go do it. So there's a little bit more space for having, like, just one person. And then just and also because, with, like, a group of NPCs. Right. And also, like, it's a very, the idea of the game is, like, very political, right? Like, there's a guild and you're, like, maneuvering and doing all this stuff. So I think it'll be really fun to to be able to do that. With a with a solo campaign, that does um, sound very fun. Yeah. Now, <laughs> um, if you are a Magic the Gathering player, uh, don't don't tell me anything about Ravnica. I don't need to. Like, I've got the book and I'm good. Like, things are going to get buck wild. It's not going to be canon. I think probably almost at all, but I think it's going to be really fun. So uh, that's my fifth star of the week, Matt. Nice. So I'm going to get uh, some Dungeons and Dragons in. Dude, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, I was recently talking to... Uh, I was out at a bar for New Year's Eve. And cool. throughout the course of the evening, I was talking to a couple of other people who I see there. And we were talking about, like, man, we all love Dungeons and Dragons. None of us are playing in a regular Dungeons and Dragons game right now. Like, maybe we should do, like... Dungeons and Dragons of like us, like bar Dungeons and Dragons. Probably not play at the bar; that would be noisy. But like, like this group of people, and we were talking about it, and I suddenly had the realization that if we do that, it will be the one time in my life where it will ever be like totally be- appropriate. Like, like the beginning of that game will just be the beginning of all D and D games, which is a couple of people meet at a bar and decide to go on an adventure together. But that's totally legit. Like, I was like normally... oh yeah, no, we actually did do that. Perfect. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's now we kind of have to good. do it, you know? Right. No. Now you. Yeah. You absolutely have to. Okay. Speaking of things we have to do, Dave, uh, we're gonna go watch episode five of Car Ranger. Uh, again, it is called Up Ahead: Gekiso Fusion. It was written by Yoshio Urasawa. Uh, you can watch along with the DVDs or it's on Shout Factory's website. Uh, this is a good one. I recommend that you watch it. And now, we're going to take a break. And we're going to be right back. Okay, welcome back. Um, so, if, if you have forgotten, this is the second part of a two-parter. Last week's episode ended on sort of a cliffhanger. Um... And if you did forget that, it's convenient because this episode starts with Zelmoda up on uh, Barbarian, like in the BB saloon saying, hey, everybody, uh, check it out. This is what happened last week. Yeah, I, <laughs> that seemed like a weird choice. But what he does is he says, like, let's check out the monitor. And by monitor, he means the TV that is normally just a close up of Zonet's, I assume it's Zonet's, lips. Uh, and then we do. So it's M.M. Mogu. And we find out this is... They didn't mention this, I don't think, last episode. But the reason M.M. Mogu is chosen as the like first version of like a giant monster is because he is the Bozo, Bozoks, Bozoks' like, biggest eater. Like, that's his thing. Yeah, and now that we see a little more of him this episode, he's got much more of, like, a weird mouth motif than I had noticed in the previous episode. Yeah, so that's that's his thing. Uh, so, Zelmoda says, like, yeah, this is what we thought was going to work, but um, M.M. Mogu ate this, 
and it it turns out he was like really tiny. And so we're like, we're not really sure what's up. Right. Zonette <laughs> Zonette walks over to Zelmoda and she says, Well, you know the problem. You just need to stretch your body. And she like he's got like a weird elongated head. And yeah. she grabs his chin and like pulls on it. Now we find out that President Dynamo has, I don't know, a chin pulling thing. Like he's got like I said, man, I don't want to yuck any yums to to borrow a phrase, but like Wait, I'm sorry. He, Hold on. I just watched this episode, and what you were telling me does not uh, comport with my viewing of what I saw. Okay, well, because here's what I saw. Zonnet pulls on Zelmoda's chin, and this makes President Gynamo so wild, his head literally detaches from his body, and his tongue becomes like 15 feet long. Okay, here's what I thought was happening in that scene. I thought that Zanet said, the bow- to grow, the Balzac need to stretch out their body. So she started, like, pulling on Zelmoda's face, and a bunch of Wumpers started pulling on President Gynamo and, like, was, like, pulling his tongue out and pulling his head away from his body. Oh, that would also make sense. That, I, I think that is what happened, because he uh- was, like, upset with them. He didn't kill them. Which I thought he was going to, but I think that's only because they were doing it at Zanet's suggestion. Got it. Okay, no, 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 no. Your thing makes more sense than President Gynamo having, like, a chin-pulling fetish, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, no, I like your version a lot better. Also, so, I got a question for you, Dave. Yeah, hit me. At some point in this conversation, she says, for a Bowsack to grow their body, you know, it has to happen. You know, like, stretch it out. Um, is Zanet a Bowsack? Bowsack? I like. Is she? I have no what idea. I don't know. Because she she does not seem to be from Earth, but she also is the only one of the Bozog who looks like not at all like a space alien or monster. So, uh, maybe she's like uh, Ransack the Deviant for Marvel Comics. Oh, you know, man, dude, I do not remember enough about specific deviants from Marvel Comics. Oh, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, you know how, like, all the deviants are, like, super weird-looking? Yeah. Well, Ransack is handsome. He just looks like a very handsome Earth Earthman. Oh, okay. And the like, other deviants are like, oh, you're so weird and horrifying-looking. Um, okay, maybe she is like the, uh, what do you call it? She's like the pretty girl in like the pig-faced episode of the Twilight Zone, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, except everybody obviously recognizes she's pretty. But like, maybe all the Bozoke are like super buck wild and she just happens to be... Right, they, know, all like look, the they all look completely random and the thing that she happens to look like is a pretty lady from Earth. Yeah, so, and everyone's just like, oh, wait, yes, yes, that thing. That's much better than anything... Anything we have going on, we're all super into this. Um, but yeah, I have no idea. Right. I look like some sort of weird mutant version of Mac tonight, and you're just a hot lady. So, yeah. <laughs> you obviously get awesome. to be in charge. So, so Inventor Grunt, and they're like, yeah, what is up with the fact that Mogu got got tiny? Because, like, Grunch ate Imoyokan, and he got big, and Mogu ate it, and he got tiny. Like, what's going on? Grunch comes in, and he says, ah. I figured it out. Here's the deal. Because the M- the Imomo Yokan that I ate... Oh, I looked it up, by the way. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this last week. Imo Yokan is like... It's like a sweet potato jelly like dessert. It's like it's a confection made out of like sweet potatoes. Yeah, I, I um, think we did a I think we did a rundown of what all of we? the okay. snacks that, he, that they ate last week were. So anyways, uh, that's what it is. And he's like, here's the deal. The one that I ate was, like, fresh from a shop, and the one that Mogu ate was, like, a prepackaged version from, like, a convenience store. That's the difference. You gotta have fresh Imoyokan. Here, checking out, I've got some. Right, I got some from the shop. It is called Imocho. Yeah, and he says, here, I'll feed it to this space cockroach to prove that, like, this is what makes it do. Why would you pick a cockroach? Like, of all the... Th- maybe because it's small 
And a giant would only be so large. Right. If he ate it himself while sitting in the bar, he would destroy the bar. If he grows a cockroach, you have a giant cockroach, and that's very bad, but it's not as bad as a destroyed bar. mm, I'm actually going to disagree with you, Matt. Because you know what? I hear about bars being destroyed like by natural disasters on the news. I'm like, oh, that's very sad. But I'm not like horrified by it. If somebody said, hey, check it out. Somewhere in the world, there's just like a six foot tall cockroach rolling around. I would buy a very la- I would buy a rocket launcher and I would never leave my house again until it was confirmed that it was dead and had not reproduced. Well, Kafka would be very disappointed in you, Dave. Yeah, well, Kafka can go suck a lemon. He can also get <laughs> rocket launchered is what he can get. Um, so anyways, yeah, Zanette like, thinks this is amazing. She's like, holy crap. Hey, this cockroach kind of rules, which is weird. It's a weird opinion to have. Uh, but she says, all right, cool. Like, I'm, I'm super glad that you figured this out. Yeah. Um, okay, no, I don't think that she is into this cockroach. Here is, I think, what happened. Is... Well, she's into the idea that it's giant. Like, yes. she's into the idea that, like, this this is, plan is working. Now, a horrible thing happens, which is that she goes to, like, kiss Inspector Grotch on the cheek for his, like, ability to have found this out. And she closes her eyes and moves in for this kiss. And as she does this, the giant cockroach gets in the way and she kicks, kisses the giant cockroach. Yeah, so that's, um, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so extremely we to, bad. It's very, very bad. Um, so, uh, 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 Just um, kicks so that we, dang old cockroach, man. What can yeah, I do? Yeah, she sure... Uh, so, um... Bleh. So we go from there. We go down to Earth. We go down to Pegasus Motors and... Or no, we don't. I'm sorry. It's um, Yoku. We go, we go somewhere with a telescope. And Yoko is yeah. looking through this telescope. And it's like, man, where are the Bozok? Like, we just figured out this new trick. We want to use it to, like, make this giant <laughs> robot. Like, <laughs> this is like we're just so excited to make a giant robot, and there's nothing to hit. Where are these fools? Yeah, like, the Rangers are 100% spoiling for a fight. Like, they are want they want the Bozark to come down and attack just so they could use their giant robot. Uh, which I think is amazing. Yeah, I, <laughs> she is looking through a telescope. Uh, Natsumi, the Yellow Ranger... Is just cold calling her relatives, just like hey, yeah, just like, aunt hey, whatever. Auntie, have you seen any bozok up by you? No. All right. Well, like, I, just like calls to the next page, calling her uncle. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Dapu, we see is cleaning the cars. Now, I did not quite catch last episode. These cars are gigantic. They are enormous. Yeah, they are like. Five to six times the size of a normal car. Yeah, later we will see them driving on a road, and they take up the entire road. They take up like an entire four lane road. Yeah, they're yeah they're they're super super huge. Um, here's the, okay. So the next thing we get, I absolutely love uh, because what it is, it's Kyosuke and Minoru. Yeah, Minoru. It's Kyosuke and Minoru. And they are, like, rolling around, like, they're on, like, rolly chairs, rolling around the shop, like, moving car seats around, like, running through the giant robo combination sequence. Like, they're reading the manual. And they're doing drills, yeah. Yeah. I love this. This is amazing. Like, I'm just so into the idea that they're just like, yeah, we're the Rangers, but, like... We still, we got to figure this stuff out. Like, we don't just know how to do it. And so, like, there's a manual. And they're reading, <laughs> they're reading the manual and figuring out how to do this thing. Um, it's kind of everything I've wanted. We got this a little bit last season in O-Ranger. We, we also, they we also did to... get this a bit in Jetman. Oh, we did get this. Although yeah, but it, I do. I, I like it a little better in Car Ranger than in Jetman. Because in Jetman, like... We will see near the end of this episode that, like, they have to do very specific things to combine into a robot, and they're cars, and so, like, they're not as maneuverable. Whereas in Jetman, it's like, yeah, you guys all need to get into, like, some sort of, like, a loose formation and then hit the transform button and you will become, uh, Jet Robo? Yeah. 
Uh, but this is like they actually have to like go through like step by step. Like this car goes here, this car goes here. You need to hit like this speed, and then you press this button. Like it's very specific, and I like it a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is. It's just it's very very cool. Uh. So they're doing that. Um. No. Wait. What's this? Oh man. I'm okay. I'm still getting their names down. Sorry. Uh, Naoki. Uh, Naoki. Naoki, Naoki, uh, Naoki walks in and he's like, do we need, like, are we supposed to have a special license for this? Like, do we, can we just drive these things? Do we need, who do we register this with? Right, like, I've got, a, the, I've got a driver's license, but I don't have, like, a commercial truck license. And I feel like that's probably a lot closer to what we're doing here. Should I, like, drop by the DMV? Um, Dapu runs in and he's like, everybody, the bozo. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, haven't been spotted. So let's have lunch. And they're like, nah. Wah, wah. You got us, Dapu. Uh, I, th- I think Dapu laughs because he realizes he's told a joke, but he might just kind of always sort of look that way, so I'm not totally sure. Yeah, the, the face is a little articulated, but not that articulated. Yeah, so, um, so anyways, they are all raring to go with their giant, which, let's be real, like, so would you. Oh, sure. So would, yeah, like, we, we definitely would, would all be ready and especially, like, that? the cars that they are going to transform into a giant robot are their dream cars. They built those right. models a while ago. So, like, imagine that you made, like, a 3D model of your dream car and were super excited to someday have a real version of it. And then, one day, it becomes real, is giant, and can become a giant robot. You would be doing everything in your power to make that happen. Yeah, without without question. So, um... We go from there to the city, and Grotch and Moku are just kind of like rolling around in yeah. uh, in a wacky car. Uh, Grotch is singing the end theme song for the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Grotch says, listen, we're going to go to this shop. We're going to get you some emo yoke on. I got my wallet, and uh, you're going to be giant, and then you're going to destroy the earth. It's going to be super cool. So they roll up to the shop. Grotch just says, I'd like some Yumu Yokan, please. And the guy, the proprietor, just sort of smiles at him and says, like, of course, sir. Here you go. He gives the 500 yen. Grotch gets the Yokan and wanders away. Only after, like, he's, the proprietor of the shop is completely fine with everything that's happening. Until Grotch walks away. And maybe that's only when the gravity of what has just happened hits him and he sort of like flips out a little bit. Right, but he doesn't even say a monster has been here. He says, I just sold some Imu Yokan to a weirdo. Yeah. What? A weirdo that was a giant monster like yesterday. So... Right, he should recognize him from the rampage. <laughs> so anyways, um... So Mogu does eat the emo yokan. He does get giant, and he's he's gonna he sure is gonna do it. He's gonna do that that rampage. Um, so we see this. The other person who sees this is Ichitaro, uh, yeah. the the boss's son. And the look on his face when he sees this monster grow is not one of fright or panic. It is a look of, like, annoyance and frustration. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, he gets this sort of, like, he screws this look on his face and sort of, like, saunters over to the shop, walks in where everyone is having their, like, ramen lunch, which looks delicious, and I might go get ramen for lunch after this. Um, And, like, oh, Ichitaro, what's wrong? He's like, ah, this monster got big. Like, can you believe this? And they're like, wait, what? A giant... Uh, you go ahead and finish your ramen. We've got something to do. And they all just leave. And Ichi Tower is looking at them like... Mm, like, why... Why... Why are, are you guys the car rangers? Why would you be excited that a giant monster is attacking the city? Like, I'm not thrilled about it. I'm keeping it together, but I'm not thrilled. You guys are, like jumping over each other to see who could get out the door fastest to go look, check this out. No, I I get the impression that Ichitaro is, like, maybe starting to put this together. Um, so... I would not so, be surprised. Okay. 
So now we get uh, we get a very cool scene. We find out like just how large the secret base that Dapu has created is. Turns out it's very very large, right? And it has rebuilt some city infrastructure. Yeah, because a city street like splits open like a hangar bay, and there's like a ramp that comes up, and these cars like race out of it onto a thankfully empty highway, and then it closes up behind them. Yeah, and, they, and this is like this is where we get that establishing shot that like these these cars are huge. Yeah, they drive sort of through the city, out of the city, to a giant a quarry. quarry. Yeah, a giant quarry, and uh, we just get some like rad. We get some rad driving. They're doing now, some drifting say, turns. I want to say that. These are RC cars. Like, these are, in actuality, small cars. But the people controlling these RC cars are very good at it. And it's super impressive. Like, they are. They're doing, like, rad drift turns and everything, like, with these with these cars. It's super cool. Yeah, I don't um, know. I actually don't know how these cars are doing what they're doing. Because they can't just be RC cars. Because there are bits, like, in the transformation sequence where someone will do, like, a sharp turn... Like, a sharp turn, correct the turn, and then, like, you know, they're moving east to west. And then they do a flip so that they're facing west to east, but st- now in reverse, driving east to west. And I don't I don't think you can do that in a remote-controlled car. So I don't know exactly what the prop work is on this. Dude, I don't, dude, I don't know, man. I have seen, have you ever seen people doing, like, competitive um, RC plane flying or doing like uh rc helicopter obstacle courses uh i i cannot if say you that haven't have. okay i mean if you have it like you could check it out sometime it's it's incredible it if okay if i did not have the knowledge that nothing can defy the laws of physics because like that's how they work uh you right. would look at it and you would be like that's impossible like something is happening here like there's a trick somehow there's, but no there's like these something people are happening just... here yeah what it is ain't exactly clear yeah but the actual answer is is these people are just like really stupidly incredible at controlling these remote controlled vehicles and so my some i think it probably is just like they're just really really good at it well if anybody knows let us know please yeah so um we get a, a cool sequence, and they're, like, driving around. It's pretty rad. So we go back to uh, M.M. Mogu and Inventor Grotch, and M.M. Mogu is about to start rampaging, um, but his pants split open, and he becomes hideously embarrassed because his belly button is, has lint in it, I, I guess. Yeah, and now that his pants have popped open, I guess his pants were pulled up over his belly button, uh, and now you can see his exposed belly button, and he is... So horrified that everyone can see how dirty his belly button is. And he's just yeah. hiding behind a building. And Grotch is like, what are you doing? Like, destroy things. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I can't. They'll see. They'll see my shame. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. So, I do, okay, sure. Uh, hey, so man, why not? Go, yeah, we go from there and we see, well, I really what we just need is a stall so we can get the next awesome scene in this in this episode which is zelmoda shows up in some like full with wumpers in some like full-on mad max style cars yeah and we and it's like it's it's just mad max man it's like everybody is in their cars and they're like fighting with their cars yeah um it's it is a it is a very cool sequence oh also what is cool is that when the rangers arrive to the scene, so like the the what are they called? The racer vehicles, right? Uh yeah, I think so. So the racer vehicles were launched from the base. The the car rangers are not in them at this point. They go to meet them. They drive to them in their speeder machines, which are their little go karts. When they get to them, like they drive the speeder machine, like they keep pace with the. Uh, racer vehicles drive underneath them and then are sort of like sucked up into the middle of it and the speeder machine becomes the cockpit of the racer vehicle 
Yeah, so, it's a really... Yeah, like, I've been a little on the fence as to whether or not the speeder machines are cool. Um, but this, I think... If they weren't cool before, this definitely gives them bonus points towards being cool. Yeah, that that element of it is really neat. Which, okay, Matt, can we just pause for a minute and remember how insanely good Mad Max Fury Road is? Oh, yeah, it was the best. It's, I still think, I think it might be the best action movie I've ever seen. It was incredible. Um, Yeah, it's probably like that or The Raid. I don't know. Yeah, oh, Reed is also very good. Uh, okay, so anyways, so we it's just like going going through it point by point is not really going to like, I think, capture the coolness of it. Basically, there's just some very rad car combat. And uh, what's cool about it is that it does have an objective in that Zelmoda is not just trying to destroy their cars. The whole goal is to prevent these racer vehicles from merging. Like that's the... Like, that's the plan. Right, because as I said earlier, to be able to transform, they need to, like, do some very close, very coordinated, like, synchronized driving stunts. And if if Zelmoda can kind of keep them off their game, then he's going to stop them from forming this giant robot. Right. Um, So we get some cool stuff. Uh, Naoki's car... He, like, rams Zelmoda at some point to, like, get him off of Kyosuke's trail. Uh, we do find out that Yuko's car can, like, split in half. Well, because Yuko's car uh, is the arms. So part of yes. its transformation sequence is that it splits in half down the middle. And, like, half the car is one arm and half the car is the other arm. But even if she's not in the midst of becoming the giant robot... She can still just press that button and split the car. So she's being chased by one car and another one is coming straight for her. She splits in half. She keeps driving. Those two cars crash into each other and then she reforms on the other side. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rad. So we uh, we pop from there to Grotch and Mogu. And Grotch is like, dude, you gotta you gotta get past this belly button thing. Uh, check it out. I haven't washed my belly button in like months. And he has a special belly button window in his, like, weird costume. Oh, sorry. We, I don't know if we mentioned this. Grotch basically is in, like, a sealed suit. It sort of looks like a space suit, but with, like, windows in it that he has, like, can open to, like, eat and stuff. And he has a special belly button window. And he opens it. And then we get, like, a visible stink animation coming from Grotch's apparently horrifyingly disgusting belly button. Yeah, and and then Mogu uh, was like, oh man, that belly button is rancid. Compared to you, I'm super clean. I've got my confidence back. Yeah, so he then he starts going crazy. So um at this point, uh it's it's time to like start doing the merge, and uh Naoki is like, Hey, hey Yuko, like careful, like let's let's make sure and do it right. And Yuko, it's a really great moment because Yuko's like, um, I'm fine, thank you. Like, I know how to do this. Like, you can st- you can stop explaining it to me because I'm a girl. Like, I've got it, thank you. She doesn't say all that. But to me, it was very clear in her tone, and I liked it a lot. Um, Yeah, She so she does her thing. They drive, like, head, like, head on towards each other like they're playing a game of chicken. But in the last second, she hits her button where she splits in two because uh, Naoki's car is the biggest one. And that forms, like, the torso. So they're all sort of, like, driving in, like, into slots on the side of his car that open up. Yeah. So uh, they do that. And then uh, Minoru and Nat- Natsuki, right? Natsumi. Natsumi, sorry. So then uh, Minoru and Natsumi, like, they also merge. And then, so now we've got four out of five. Uh, and, Kyosuke is the, and the last. And the thing is, at this point, the four of them... Like, they haven't stopped moving. They're all, like, together as kind of, like, a torso and arms and legs. But they're just driving very fast, waiting for Kyosuke to catch up with them. Yeah. Um. So, Kyosuke is trying to catch up with them, but Zalmoda is giving him all sorts of trouble. And he's sort of, like, he's in the way. Kyosuke can't get over. And they're, uh, the rest of the rangers are, like, down. And uh, Kyosuke and Zalmoda are, like, up on this ridge. All right? And they're, like, driving yeah. along. Kyosuke's like, he's like, I can't figure out how to get down there. What am I going to do? Takes a moment. Just consults his manual. Yeah, it says press Love the it. emergency button. 
presses the emergency button, his car sort of splits open. It like halfway does the transformation into his part of the giant robot. And the giant robot head is just there. And it looks over at Zelmoda and it says like, make sure to be aware of your surroundings. And Zelmoda's like, wait, what? And then he runs into a giant pile of rocks. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> um, and then Kyosuke drives off like a little cliffy ramp and uh, lands his car like perfectly in the slot. They turn into a giant robot. It looks very, very cool. It's such a good robot. What's cool it's is such that a good robot. The way that it's driving, like the leg, like the way that it is driving before it stands up, the legs are in front, right? And mm-hmm. so they hit the brakes on the wheels that are at like the heels of the legs, which causes that to skid, and the whole thing then like pivots up, and that's what locks it all into place as like a standing robot. It's yeah. very good. Uh it looks I think it's the most transformery looking of all the robots that we've seen so far. I think it's probably just because it's made out of cars. Maybe, yeah. Um but it is RV Robo. It's super, super neat. It has a sword called RV Sword. Yes. And the sword so kind of has like they... headlights on the top angle of its cross guard, which is great. Yeah, it's real neat. So they, um, we flip to Mogu and he's like rampaging a little bit. And then uh, we go back to RV Robo. And RV Robo is they've done like a little animation thing where he's, he's just in like a really dynamic pose. He's sort of like dashing forward with his sword and his right hand kind of out behind him. And his left hand is forward. Uh, he looks like he's flash running, well, if that helps. Like, just picture. Yeah, except that I don't think he's actually running. I think he's, he's in not, that pose. He's got rocket feet. Yeah, he's in that pose, but he's got like wheels on his feet and rockets on his legs. And he's just like flying oh, forward. It's super cool, and uh, his move, his super sword move, is that he just starts spinning real fast, because it's like an engine, right? So he starts spinning really fast, uh, and he basically just cuts M.M. He theoretically would like cut him to ribbons. He doesn't actually, and Memoku just sort of falls over uh, and is dead, but it's a neat, it's a neat, neat attack. It's extremely good. So um, that's the end of M. Oh, Zelmoda uh, retreated. Like once they merge, Zelmoda's just like, "All right, that's I'm out." Right. I, I have um, done my bit. I am not here to get murdered by that giant robot. Yeah. So uh, M. goes down. That's the end of him. And uh, and then Grosh also. He obviously he obviously dips. Um, yeah. And the racers are like, "We we did it. That was great. Dapu we did the was thing, guys. Very happy. We- uh, up on the moon, or I'm sorry, up on Barbarian. Gynamo is very upset." And also in the background, you see Zonette like chasing the cockroach around with a can of bug spray. Yes, which I think is very fun. Um, and we, we we cut back to Pegasus Motors, and they're all like, "All right, we did it. This is great. We need to wash these cars. They are filthy." Yeah, uh, and they are washing, and then we get a sequence of them washing the cars by hand. And what's funny, and, like they are washing and waxing these cars. By hand. What's funny is that they have built kind of like one chunk of the uh, Red Racer's car as like a physical prop. But they have not done that for the other four cars. And so they show Kyosuke washing his car. And, you know, he's got like a bucket and a mop. And he's like, you know, actually washing stuff off the side of this physical item. And then we just cut to this really awful green screen of the other four, like, superimposed over their cars and pretending to wash them. It's extremely choice. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. Or rather, Dave, that is it for that episode, but it is not it for our episode. Because before we go, we need to determine where M.M. Mogu falls in the Creature Royale. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say probably pretty low. Yeah, okay, where, uh, we've got other eating monsters, right? There was that one from yeah, Pocket we, Ranger. Yeah, we do. He's not nearly as cool as, as any of them. No, but where, just so we have, a like, a, a ceiling, where oh, is man. that guy what on the list? what was that dude's name? Okay, oh, that was Gakitsuki. Uh, he is actually number 34 on our list. He was, he was a oh, good Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's just incredibly dramatically higher 
than than MM Mogu manages to be. Listen, here's here's my opinion on MM Mogu. He is not like actively terrible and creepy. Yes. Okay. And he is not defeated by his own powers. Correct. He's kind of worse than ev- like he's above those people. He's I can't think he's not really above like I think literally anybody else. Okay, well here's no, here's a question for you. Um He is the first giant robot in or the first giant monster in um Car Ranger, right? Right. So why don't we compare him to the other first giant monsters in the previous series? So number okay, 137 so um... on the list is Jetfighter Dimension, which was the first thing that got grown into a like giant monster in Jetman. It was just a plane that came to life, which was interesting, but was not like a... It was not like a character, you know? Yeah. Um, 133 is Bear a Saucer. Um, okay, who so was we're the still first... sort of in that, uh, the, yeah, the first one in O-Ranger. Still sort of in that yeah. zone. Yeah, uh, Baron String. Oh, Baron String is way better. Yeah. Yeah, Baron String is way, way better. I forget where um, he's on the list, but I think he's a good deal higher He's up. He's significantly higher than that. Um, so, dude, I don't know, okay, man. So Baron, Baron's, uh, oh, sorry, Barra Saucer. I, the thing that is cool about M.M. Mogu is that, like, we actually know a little bit about him. He's, like, a person. He likes to eat. He's embarrassed about his belly button. Um, he's in two episodes. You know, like, he's got a personality, and you see, we get to hang out with him for a while. Um, Barra Saucer had a cooler look, and they fought him without being giant. They just, like, got on top of him and, like, beat him up, and that was very good. Okay, here, here I think is my... Uh, I was thinking about this the other day because at this point the list is getting very long and it might be helpful to throw in some new sort of some new pieces of thought technology to determine like whether or not somebody beats another person on the list. Okay, hit me. Is this a dude that you would ever be excited to see again? Ooh, that's a very good criterion. Um... And I'm going to say, for M.M. Mogu, no. Okay, yeah, I, I I was feeling the same way. Would you feel... Man, who was... Who was this character called uh, Noparabo that you have in uh, parenthetical afterwards, Immortal Frankenstein? Oh, yeah, Noparabo, uh, he is from Kanku Ranger... And he is a monster that was like, he's like stitched together to create, he was like blue and he had like giant sort of like pendulous hands, uh, hand fists. You'd remember him if you saw him. He's, oh, he's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had like a fun concept, but I think we do, he sort of like really fell flat. So, I mean, I guess in that regard, like, honestly, I would be more interested in seeing Cherry Blossom Viscount than I would be M.M. Mogu. Cherry Blossom Viscount had at least, like, a rad look, like, once I remembered him. Well, that's the thing. He's this far down on the list because, like, on a number of occasions, like, we had to look him up every single time because I still don't remember what his episode was about. I don't remember what it was about, um, but he, he did have kind of a cool look. So... And Voice Dimension was a creep. So why don't we put Yeah, him... Voice Dimension is a super creep. Okay, so I would put, in that case, I'm going to say M.M. Mogu should be below Cherry Blossom Viscount, but above Voice Dimension. Yeah, I think that's good. So that puts him in our number, our new number, uh, what's that, 140? 140, yep. Out of 148, so a pretty bad showing, actually, for uh, old M.M. Mogu. Um, yeah. You know what's, what is well, weird about this show so far? is that the Monsters of the Week have been going fairly low on the list. But I do like the, like, recurring cast of villains. Yeah, well, you know, listen, maybe they end up high uh, at the end of the season. We'll see. But that man, I think, is going to do it for us. Yes, that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. Want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter? We are at Super Sentai Bros. 
If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get the show. We're on a couple of different places. Uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.